Amen. I'm so excited to be here <laughs> with you. Um, there's so many pastors here, so I first want to take the opportunity to thank um, Pastor Jim and Kelly for the opportunity to be here and spend time with you. It's such a blessing. I'm really looking forward to a relationship with you and, and seeing what God's going to do in the future in your lives as well. So thank you for the opportunity. There's some people that, that's played a role in my life that's here tonight, and I want to just honor Apostle Chris, Chris Currency and his wife Margie, and as well, Pastor Annalise. Um, you know, I met, um, uh, I went to their church three years ago, and it really, this is where the connection started uh, in my life concerning the prophetic. Um, my spiritual father preached for them four years ago, and, uh, and that's how I got connected to them and to their church. Um, I remember I was driving him around, Prophet Ed Trout, and uh, um, he said he's we're going there and he's preaching there that night and uh, this is where the connection came and started with them um, their son uh, Quissy or uh, Quibus Jr. is a very good friend of mine now and I, I love him dearly and uh, I thank God for the connection and the relationships that he has built up for this season and this time. God is a God of times cycles and seasons there's different times and different se- um, cycles and I want to share something prophetically with you tonight. This is a prophetic word for everyone that's sitting in this room right now. You can only produce, reproduce in your season what you've birthed in your off season. During your off season, during the time in your life of preparation, that's when you birth the things of God. And when it's your season, that will be the only thing that you can reproduce. You can't birth in your season. It happens in your off season. So there's, every person has a time and a cycle and a season. Every person has a season that they're in. And part of this prophetic conference is I want you to, to recognize or to see prophetically what is, where's your season at this moment. You know, don't live in your time, but in your season. Try to find your season. What is God doing right now in your life? In the book of Romans, we just read it last night that... Uh, those that are children of God are led by the Spirit. And today we are led by the Holy Spirit. And we have to be obedient. I was sharing last night on how obedience can accelerate God's voice in your life by, by being obedient to what He's saying. That's what, opening, that's what opens and closes doors in your life. And you have to follow this Spirit. Now, often in times like these, on a prophetic conference or a time where we ask the Lord to speak to us, God, God speaks to us. But I want to plead with you tonight to be obedient to what God is telling you to do. Be obedient to that. Whatever God is saying to you, it might be a small and simple, insignificant thing to you. But when you are obedient into what He says, it has a massive effect afterwards. I want to really encourage you in the next one of the two days today, the coming day and tomorrow, there's things that God will speak to you about. And you have to respond. When you respond, it'll open up something in your life. In the prophetic, when we have a conference like this, not just me, whenever a prophetic person comes in and out of town and whenever on a Sunday there's a release of the prophetic, there's a moment. And we call it, I don't want to go too deep into it, we call, we call it a Kairos moment. It is a significant moment. It is a significant time. And in that moment, if you respond to the Spirit, it sets something into motion. Listen to this. When you miss that moment, you have to wait for the next cycle, for the next season, 
It can be six months. It can be 10 years. It's very important to respond in that moment, what God is doing, not miss the moment. There's moments financially where God speaks to us. There's moments spiritually where He speaks to us. There's so many different places where God is training us, and it's important on that moment to respond. You can res- it's not about just responding. It is, it is that moment. The prophet came to the widow's house, and the widow pleaded with him and said, Please, they've taken my sons as ransom because of debt that we had. So please come and help. And the prophet said, Go and find all the jars that you can, bring, can, can find and bring it home. And, the, and she brought it back. And then the prophet said, And then close the door. The moment is closing. Close the door. Close the door. So he gave her an opportunity to respond in faith. It was her decision whether she went and got 10 jars or 10,000 jars. And then when she brought into the room, he said, close the door. And then the miracle started to happen at that moment. You know, if, <laughs> if, if, uh, if all the jars were filled with oil and the miracle started to happen, now suddenly she sees it's working and she would have ran and gotten more jars, nothing would have happened. There's a moment of faith. There's a moment, there's a Kairos moment where we have to respond in. And that's really something that I want to awaken to you because that's what's important in your life. I don't want you to miss your moment. It is those moments that sets things into motion. You know, I want to make a statement tonight and I want you to understand that when it's your season, you don't need faith. You need faith in your off-season. You know, the disciple comes, and, and uh, someone next to the road says, um, do you have silver or gold? And the disciple responds and says, no, I don't. But what I have, I can give to you. The disciple didn't run around the corner and started to pray in tongues and said, Lord, there's a sick person here. I need to heal this person. Father, give me the faith that I need for this miracle. And spoke in tongues. No. He realized he was in his season. He was in his moment. So he knew what he had, and he was ready to release it. He was ready to, to give it. It's not a moment. It'll be, your season will happen. Your season will come. And for that to come, it's important for you not to miss that cycle, that season that repeats itself, comes back into your life. Okay. Uh, I want to take a moment and speak briefly about the product outside, and I keep on forgetting it. My spiritual father, I'll share something about him right now, but um, he's got a lot of different product. But when we do prophetic conferences, there's some things that's important to me or that, that I prefer above other things. So of all his product, I asked him to send me a couple of things. The first thing that will be out there is a workbook, and that workbook comes with, with a CD. So you can listen to the audio, and while you listen to it, there's a workbook that you can follow. It's very basic. It's the foundation of prophecy or the prophetic. It's like an introduction to the prophetic. So if you're very new um, or, you know, a be- I don't want to say beginner, but just starting in the prophetic now, it's, that's for you. It's a prophetic workbook. It looks like this, and it's got the, <coughs> the CD that goes with that. But then there's a series on dreams and visions. There's a little manual about interpreting dreams and explains specifically if you get a lot of dreams and visions and how to work and how to interpret those dreams and visions. Something's very important and vital. And then the last thing 
is, um, is an encounter that we did. See, the USB stick, it's got 10 sessions on. And it's a prophetic encounter that we did where he teaches on that. And this is if you are already introduced into the prophetic and you're ministering prophetically or called to be a prophet, I would recommend the, the USB disc. You know, if it's, if it's your first time or, you know, being introduced to the prophetic, this might be, it might be, you know, a little bit too much for you at the moment to understand things. But if you're already in the prophetic, I would really recommend that. Now, my spiritual father has pioneered the prophetic in many different countries um, all over the world. I just got back two weeks ago from uh, Germany, Czech Republic, Slovakia, and Austria. And he's been in so many different countries. For 30 years, he's been pioneering the prophetic. Now, the Lord connected us three years ago by just a divine appointment. God put us together, and I'm part of a ministry now called Prophetic Life. And uh, it's based in Texas, San Antonio. And I'll be, there's a lot of the, the networks or branches that I'm slowly busy taking over in the next couple of years. Every move of God from the Azusa Street Revival only lasted a generation. Every move of God. It never went on into the next generation. So it is so important. The reason for that is we did not, or people did not raise up spiritual sons. So in the prophetic, my spiritual father is someone who pioneered the prophetic and he's been laboring 30 years for the prophetic and he doesn't want to see everything just, you know, go to waste. Or So he's trained me to take over and um, the move of the prophetic in these different countries and different places. So that's what I'm doing at the moment, slowly. He's not retired. He's, he didn't stop, you know, preaching or ministering. Many times we have a man of God who suddenly ends and they give over to another person, you know, and immediately they have to rise and they have to take this responsibility. So what we do now is we slowly, we have a slowly, trans, you know, we're transitioning and uh, I travel a lot with him, uh, preach and prophesy with him. And he starts to introduce me slowly into the different networks all over the world, in Switzerland and, and, and uh, Australia, and now in places in Europe. Slowly introduces me, and um, I'm starting to build relationships with the people to be able to continue with those networks. Every When we look at the 1950s, uh, uh, 60s, 70s, um, they all produced men and women of God. But from the 70s and 80s, and 90s, it produced celebrities, and not men and women of God. And suddenly today, we have prophets today that have become celebrities. They're untouchable. They're powerful. It's more about uh, the things that they have. And you have to understand, I, I really believe that God wants us to live in abundance. Abundance. Overflow. More than enough, really. But... I, I don't believe we should get to a place in our lives where we become inaccessible and untouchable, where people cannot approach us, where people don't have access to us. So in the prophetic, God has called me specifically for the church and to bring the prophetic back to the local church. So in that, we train, um, we've got prophetic encounters, we train prophets all over the world. Now, many of the churches that I go to to prophesy, uh, people, churches that believe in the Holy Spirit and that believe in in miracles, they don't allow me to prophesy because of what prophets have done over the last 10 or 20 years in those churches. Many pastors, many pastors I sit with and they say, listen, I will not allow a prophet to come into this place because of how they've destroyed ministries. Now, you need to understand this. If a prophet comes into town or into your church or into a city and he leaves and people go with him, it's a problem. 
it's a problem. In ministry and in the fivefold, in the prophetic, I am here. And I don't have any agenda. I don't have a ministry that I want to push. I don't have a bank account. I don't have something that I want to promote. I'm here to promote this church, this ministry, and what God is doing in this city. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to encourage what God is doing in this city, in this place. And it's important I do not, and you will, um, I'm very friendly, but after the meeting, I am not, you, I, don't, I do not prophesy over Facebook, over email, over, I do not prophesy on demand. I don't do that at all. If um, I've got an auto-reply on my Facebook, if people send me an email or a message after a church meeting, and, it's, and the auto-reply says, phone your pastor. Okay. It's very important, really, really important. And, uh, and this is the things that we're preaching and teaching, and we have to live it. We have to live these things. And, and I often say to people, please, who's your, where, in what church are you, what ministry are you part of? If you, want, if you want me to phone your pastor and make an appointment with him on your behalf, I'll do it. But you need to speak to him. The reason for that is I'm here, and I, I, I'm leaving on Saturday, and I might not. There's some of you I'll never see again in my life. But next Sunday, Pastor Jim will be here. He'll be on stage. He'll be preaching, and he will walk with you, and he will journey with you in that word. And it's so important. The first step is to be connected to a spiritual family. It's the first, first step. It's so important. It doesn't matter who you are and how anointed or gifted you are. It's not about that. You know, in the times that we're living in now, God is not interested in your gifting, but your character. We have a lot of gifted people. I can bring people here. I can show you things. Uh, many gifted people, but they have no character. Nothing. And we have to understand that we're representing God's kingdom. We're building His kingdom. It's not about our name or our ministry. We have a common goal, and that is God's kingdom. That's our goal. That's what we're working on. That's what we're building is His kingdom. That's it. So that's my spiritual father, and I'm connected to him. I'm, I'm under him, and um, in America, he's ordained me in America. Um, he covers me, or my covering. If, if people have a problem with me, then I ask them to phone him. So he takes care of me, of anything that's happening in America at this, at this moment. I want to encourage you to be connected and have a spiritual father or mother, or someone, not someone that's dominating. You know, when it comes to spiritual sons and daughters, it's something that's become a curse as well. Because we've, we've been, it's been misrepresented. Misrepresented. My, if, I, if I tell you stories about my spiritual father, you'll be amazed. The type of man he is. You'll be amazed. Now, I've never in my life had someone who had that type of character, who were really, um, really, really had a heart for God. My spiritual father's um, spiritual father that he had died. And on his deathbed, he grabbed him on his shirt. And he said to him, don't make the mistake that I've made. Allow your sons to become fathers. And even though I have a spiritual father now, he's training me to be a father. He's training me to rise up and to stand up and take responsibility in the office where God has placed me. Okay. Amen. Can we end? Prophesy. <laughs> <coughs>
I want to share a couple of scriptures with you, and we're going to run. We have to cover a lot of ground, and then we're going to have a short question and answer uh, session, and then I want to do an exercise, and we want to prophesy everything in 30 minutes or an hour. So let's go. Let's get into the Word and start off with that. Are you ready? Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to explain to you... Um, the difference between the prophetic gift and the prophetic office tonight. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we look at the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, we find a prophetic gift. It speaks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it also speaks about um, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and prophecy in that. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says that it is the Spirit that Afrikaans... It's, a, it's the Spirit that gives out the gifts just as He determines. It's the Holy Spirit that goes and says, I give you three gifts, five gifts, one gift, two gifts. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, we read about the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. And it's different when we compare it to the gifting in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we look at the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, everyone can prophesy. Everyone can prophesy. But when we look at the fivefold ministry, it starts off and it says, Christ appointed. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. But I want to take you to the most important part in the book of Ephesians, and that's always the beginning. Ephesians chapter 4. So before we look at the office, this is the foundation of these giftings, the fivefold ministry. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. He starts off and he says, <coughs> As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. So before he starts and speaks about the fivefold ministry, being a pastor, being a prophet, being an evangelist, before he, he names that, he speaks about the foundation of it. And he says, please, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. The way you do things, the way you respond, the way you speak, the way you act, please, let it be a life that's worthy of the calling. And then verse 2, he says, be completely humble. And gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Because he knew that as soon as prophets start to arise, they're going to compete with each other. And as soon as the fivefold stands up, one pastor is going to compete with another pastor. He knew it. So he sets a foundation and he says, Please, I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling. And then he says, Be humble. And be patient, loving one another. And then he goes in and he starts, he says, Christ appointed. And he speaks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, starts to call it. The foundation is love. We don't minister, you know, if you are a pastor and you, do not, if you, and you don't function from a place of love, It'll be terrible. 
be challenging. It, it'll be, it will it, be very difficult. If you're a prophet and you don't flow from a place of love, if there's a different need, a different thing that drives you, it'll be hard, it'll be difficult. When you're a teacher, when you're an evangelist, but you don't flow from that place, you know, I don't minister to people because I want to impress them. I don't minister to people to get their attention or to get their, to, you know, to get, uh, to get their glory or to get, uh, I don't, I, if I do that, I won't make it. It comes from, it'll, it'll be a burden to me. I, f- I flow from a place of love. And when it comes to the New Testament, the main purpose of a New Testament prophet is to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. That's the main purpose of a New Testament prophet. The purpose of a New Testament prophet is not to give you direction. It's not for that. A pastor in South Africa, he's a very well-known pastor. Um, I, uh, we stay in George. Uh, it's, it's on the coast close to Cape Town. And this pastor flew me to Johannesburg. Um, He's got a very large congregation with a a very big network of churches in South Africa. He flew me all the way there to come and prophesy to the entire leadership and to him and to give them or to give him direction. I flew all the way there. He didn't tell me why. He wanted just asked me to come and I went there. When I I got there and all the leadership was sitting there, all the different pastors from the different branches, he said, please, you need to give me direction and you have to tell me where do we need to go from here. And I said to him, I don't do that. As a pastor, if God has called you for a city or a place, I believe that God will give you direction in where you need to go and what you need to do. We cannot have prophets that goes into pastors or into churches all over the world and they want to dictate to pastors what they need to do. You can't have that. It's not biblical. It's not in the New Testament. We don't have that. Unfortunately, that's been portrayed the whole time. We have all these prophets that have said all these strange things over years. And I said it last night. We have a lot of New Testament prophets today that have Old Testament mindsets. They call to the prophetic. Now, personally, I don't believe in false prophets. I don't believe in that. Personally... The fact that they are called a prophet means that there is a gifting in their life. Personally, I believe in prophets that's uneducated. They're not trained. They're not equipped. And because of that, they make mistakes. They become false. They say things, and they don't necessarily say it because they are going for what is wicked or evil. They're just not trained. They don't know. And we need people to train them and to equip them and to set a standard of what, how does a prophet function in the New Testament and how does a prophet function within the church. I recorded a, a, a series of a couple of videos with um, uh, Pastor Chris about, we, we called it prophet and pastor relationship. And we, we had a five-minute discussion and we spoke about, you know, how can a prophet and pastor work together? And it's, um, it's one of the videos on, on, in South Africa where every pastor wants to see me about that. And uh, I have on, uh, we launched the video, I don't know, a year ago, and at the moment I have 22,000 views on it. Okay. And it's all pastors that are saying, wow, can prophets really work together with a pastor? 
You know, I went to Polokwane. It's a city um, close to, to, to Pretoria. And um, I'm getting up to, to start to prophesy. And the pastor comes up. And he says, um, as a congregation, you, you know prophets and you know how they work and that. So I want to apologize on behalf of this man. Before he starts, I want to apologize for what is about to happen. Really? Really? And I got up and I said, no, you don't have to apologize because I'm not going to do anything strange. And I want to say this tonight, if you are called to the prophetic or to be a prophet, you do not have to shake and foam out of your mouth when you prophesy. You can just be normal. Just be a normal person. You don't have to be strange. Prophet does, prophets doesn't have to be strange. They don't have to be strange. That, that's not the label. That's not what makes you a prophet. The fact that you have some strange thing in your life. We have a prophet in South Africa who for years, have, every time when he would prophesy, he would do this strange thing with his hand when he starts to prophesy. And um, he's trained many prophets, and, and all of them are doing the exact same thing. When they prophesy, they, they have their hand in the air, and they're doing this strange thing with, with their hand. And they, they spoke to him about it and why, why does he have that thing? And he said, before the service, I hit my hand in the, in the car door outside. And, and that morning, it was just sore. I couldn't open my hand up. But they looked at him and they thought, you know, it's, it's making them more holy or a, a better prophet if they, if they stand and they do what he does. You don't have to be strange. Just be normal. Just be who you are. And God can use you. The power is not in, in the outward appearance. The power, the, the, the power is not in the shaking and in those things. It's the word. It's about the word. When the word is released, then things start to happen and they get into place. Okay. So we have a lot of people today who is prophetic. But it doesn't mean that they are prophets. A lot of prophetic people. And you need to understand everywhere in the scripture where prophets got together in the gathering of the prophets, everyone can prophesy. So many times on a Sunday when the prophetic or where there's a gathering and the prophetic, there's prophets or the prophetic is open, suddenly everyone can prophesy under that environment. That's why the church environment is a safe environment to prophesy in. That's why we need to keep it here in the church. When you go read about prophecy, you'll read and find that it is not for unbelievers. It's for the church. In, in close to George, there's a city called Nisna, and they have this caravan next to the road where people, where you can go, and you can get a palm reading. You pay $5, and you get a reading. And there's always, there's a line of people that stands there to get a reading. If people can go there, and they can pay to get a reading, then people can come to church to get a word. And we have to bring the prophetic back to the church, back to the body, and strengthen the body. This is people here. Okay. So I want to encourage you, many of you that are sitting here, and you are prophetic, or you call to be a prophet, is upon your life, and I recognize you. It's there. But it's very important for you to be connected and to be part of a spiritual family. I encourage every church to have a prophetic team and have someone that leads that team. Now, I know in this church, um, Pastor Kelly is leading the prophetic team. 
the prayer team is, will be connected to her or under her. And I want to encourage you, if you call to that, to get together once a month and pray and get words and ask specific things, pray about specific things for the church and so on. But get together and let um, those prophetic juices flow. Okay. Get it started and get it connected in a safe environment where it can then start to flow out. Okay. Let's run through the scripture. I'm going to give you a couple of things and explain to you. Now, the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verse 4, and this is the foundation for tonight, and we're going to have the exercise. This is the foundation for that exercise. book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verse 4, he says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Okay. A true prophet today is someone that can look at a storm and prophesy a word of hope. All over the world today, we have things that's happening, storms and um, um, acts of nature, so many things happening all over the world. And as soon as something happens, there's always someone that stands up and prophesies something negative. That is, it was a, because of the sin of this community that the, that's why this thing happened. It was about this, about that. And this is what I want to try to, to portray to you tonight, that a true prophet is someone that can look into a storm and see deeper and find a word of hope in it. That can look beyond the storm, beyond the situation. But for that, you have to learn to look deeper and beyond what you see. I said last night that we have five physical, five senses, and in the same way, we have five spiritual senses. And those spiritual senses can be developed, and like a muscle, it can be trained, and it starts to get easier and easier for you to see beyond that. And we're going to do an exercise on this tonight. It's very important for you to start to try to find hope in what God gives you, find a way out. Now, I want to briefly speak to you about the different flows of God's voice. There's a couple of different flows of God's voice. The one is see. The second one is feel. The third one is hear. And the fourth one is sense. It's different flows of God's voice. God doesn't speak to us in just one way, and there's many more. But these are the, the major parts that I want to touch on tonight, the major flows of God's voice. It's unlimited how God speaks to us. For years and years, I, started, I tried to train people to hear the way I hear God's voice, and it didn't work. Because only a handful of people could, could, could associate with me or understand what, I, what I'm trying to say. So we have different ways that God speaks to us. What I'm speaking about now is not something that you'll get. It's something that you have. God's already speaking to you in that way. So the first one is, I want to give you an example, is to see. Now, when it comes to see, it is everything that you see. It is pictures, it is video, it is nature, it is anything that you see. There's people that, that would look, um, if you would look at a picture, it would speak to you. It's a flow of God's voice that's in your life. And that's how God speaks to you. Okay? So see, it is anything that is through your eyes, it's visible, anything. And it's a flow how God speaks to you. And it's very important when you recognize the place where God speaks to you to focus on that area of your life. 
because it's already there. So when you spend when you're spending time with God or when you're waiting upon the Lord to be to be aware of what you're seeing. Because that's the flow where God speaks to you. You with me? Okay? It's those crazy people that would lie on their backs and they, they would look at the clouds and they would actually see something. You with me? It's, uh, they see. It speaks to them. They, they see. It's a, it's a flow that's in their lives. Anything that they see, one of God's flows of his voice. Okay? The second one is feel. Now, there's a difference between um, feeling and sense. So, feeling is more outward where sense is inward. So, you're feeling something. You are you're sitting and waiting upon God, and while you're waiting upon Him, then suddenly you feel something. You walk into a room and you physically, not sense, you're feeling something. You're in worship, and while you're worshiping, you feel something. It's a flow of his voice that's there. He's speaking to you. Okay? The third one is, um, let's look at, the first one is here. It's anything, anything that's audible. It's not the audible voice of God, but it's everything that's audible. Anything. You listen to a sermon, uh, you listen to music, you listen, anything that you're listening to speaks to you. Amazing, and it's, it's, it's unlimited. You know, you listen to, to the pastor preaching, and for two hours you don't get anything, and there's, then there's this one sentence that he says, and it speaks to you straight to your heart. Now, those moments are so important because it is, it is directly from God, those moments. And those things I immediately... I write it down, I write down the time and the date and what I heard. Yes, I just keep it. I, today, I've, I've found the flow of God's voice in my life, and when He speaks to me, I write it down. When I, when I pick it up, I write down the time, the date, and I just keep it. And many times when I hear it, it doesn't make sense. What you hear today might not mean anything to you, but tomorrow it will transform your life. So don't think because what you're hearing, it, you know, it doesn't make sense now and you don't understand. Don't think it's not from God. Just keep it. Today I have, a, I have two or three books, notebooks, and as the Lord spoke to me over years, I just wrote it down. And many times, often today, I would pray about a situation and God would say to me, go to book number two, page five. And I would go to that page and three years ago, he, he spoke to me and it would be the exact answer of what I'm asking him now. Remember I told you last night, he's preparing us in advance. Now, if I go back three years and I try to imagine what I thought that day when I got that word, then I remember that day when the Lord spoke to me, I thought, I'm missing it. I thought, What's, I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, three years later, it is the exact answer for my prayer. Okay. And then the last one is sense. It's inwardly, you sense God. You go into a place in worship, it doesn't matter where it is, and you sense Him. It is, it's inward. You pick it up. I remember I um, sensing has it has a it has an opposite side of it as well. We can we can pick up things in the spirit when it comes to sensing. 
And many times we can pick up, pick up something that's negative as well. Now, this is very important for you to hear. When you sense something negative, the reason why you are sensing it is because God just gave you authority over it. That's why you're picking it up. That's the only reason why you're picking it up. You're not picking it up because, let me try to explain to you what happened to me. I went into a mall one day in South Africa, walked into this mall, and I sensed that something bad is about to happen right now. I sensed it in my spirit. And, I, and the Lord showed me what was about to happen in the mall. And the, f- the first thing that I could think of was to run, and to run to my car and get in the car and leave. So I'm running out, out of the mall, getting into my car, and God speaks to me. He says, what are you doing? I said, God, thank you for the tip. I'm leaving. I'm, move, I'm leaving. And then the Lord explained authority to me. He said to me, the reason why you're picking this up is because you have authority over this. I want you to go back in there and do something about it. So I got out of the car, went back into the mall again. Now there's two ways to deal with this. The one way is get a liter of of grape juice and get some bread and have communion and run around and speak in tongues in the mall. The other way is in the name of Jesus. Rebuke that thing and it's over and it's done. So I walked back into the mall and I said, I don't know what this is or in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name right now. So I speak to it and immediately there was peace in that place. Immediately. So that's sensing. We have a lot of people that's so negative and critical always. They're so focused on demons and what demons are doing. And you need to understand for every demon, only a third of the angels were cast out. For every one demon that there is, there's two angels. Did you understand that? So they don't have all the power that we give them and that, you know, we people complain constantly that they're being attacked. It's not true. That's not, not true. We're giving the enemy way more um, honor than, than he deserves. He doesn't deserve our honor at all. It's very important to understand. Now, when it comes to, I call it a bottleneck, when it comes to interpretation. When it comes to the interpretation, we, that's where we get confused or the word gets lost. And we can have an exercise tonight and we explain to you the importance of interpretation. Remember, remind me to come back to interpretation. I'm going to touch on it before we start and uh, do the exercise. But it's very important. Something I want to speak to you about interpretation before we go on. So that's the different flows of God's voice. So I want you to listen. There's many other flows in that, but I want you to listen to these different flows and recognize the, w- the way God, God speaks to you. There's some people, they, when they just walk into nature and they just sit there for five minutes, they just pick God up immediately. It's their place. It, there's a flow. And for that person, it is important once a week at least to make sure you get away and just spend time there. It's very important because that's where the flow is. So go and it's, it's, where, it's where God is speaking to you or that way. So to, for you, nature or getting away, or it's important to you because that way, that's where that flow is. So don't try to focus on all the other flows and try to hear God's way. If you, you, know, if you sense God's or, or, you, if he, or He speaks to you through hearing audibly, not His voice, then rather focus on the place where He speaks to you. And it's not... You can listen to secular radio. 
secular radio station. And suddenly there's something that speaks straight to your heart. God's voice is not limited to church or Christianity. <laughs> He's all over. We placed him, we boxed him in on Sundays. We limited him. We said, no, God can only speak this way. He can only... Listen, if you have enough faith, God can speak to you through, this, through the chair that you're sitting on tonight. <laughs> it's unlimited. It's unlimited. But you have to find that place that you have already. You know, I have a, have a way and I've learned how God speaks to me. God speaks to me through pictures. And um, I have a way. So weekly I wait upon God and um, I would look at a picture and just sit and look at it and immediately it would start to speak to me. And there's so many, there's so much more in that because in seeing, colors start to play a role. Motion, there's so many things that, that, uh, that there's vital information in that. And God wants to train you. Now today, I don't have to, you know, it doesn't take me, I don't have to interpret a picture anymore. It's instant. I know exactly what it means. Now, listen to this. Every one of these flows Hearing, sensing, feeling, what's the other one? Seeing. All four of them, all four of them, if it is exercised, it becomes the audible voice of God. All four of them. And that's why it's important for you to continue to stay in that flow that you already have. Now, the enemy will try to convince you to rather explore something else, go and read that book or go into that. You know, I've read books where people said five steps to this and I've done the five steps five times <laughs> and it did not produce what it produced for them. The reason is, it's not that they've missed it, the reason is it's their journey. It's what God is doing in their life. It's their journey that God has with them. Okay. So it's important for you to recognize your journey, to find a place where God's speaking to you and grow into that. Remember, the first focus is to hear God's voice for yourself, not for someone else. Lord, speak to me. And then, yes, out of that, it starts to flow towards other people and other things. But firstly, God wants to communicate with you. He wants to have an intimate and personal relationship with you. That's the focus. God knows our heart. I just left home a week, um, two, week, two days ago, three days ago, and I wrote my wife a love letter, and I left that letter in the room. She can take that letter, and she can hold it, and kiss it, and sleep with it under her pillow. How many of you would think or believe that in a week's time from now, when I see her again, that she would be pregnant? Important question. You need to understand this. I love the Word of God with all my heart. But you can read this Word. You can memorize it. But if your heart doesn't become intimate with God's heart, with the person who wrote this Word, it will not awaken the seed of Christ that's inside you. It's about Him. It's not about the gifting, all these things that it adds. It's about Him, spending time with Him and fellowshipping with Him. 
You have to make your relationship with God and your time with God a priority. It must be a priority to you. It's important to me to be with God. It's more important than having breakfast, more important than appointments, more important than all the other things. It's, I need to spend time with Him and to fellowship with Him. It must be on top of your priority list. God. Not all the other things. And it's sad because one of the challenges that you have in America is you have too many alternatives. In America, you don't need God. Because you have the best doctors, you have the best financial institutions, you get access to abundance. Thank God for the abundance. So, but because of that, you know, it is people, when they're sick, they can go to a doctor. And when a doctor says they can't help them, they can go to a specialist. And when the specialist says, no, I can't help you, and eventually when they stand before someone that says, sorry, sir, you're about to die, then they cry out to God. Then they run to God. Now, I'm sharing this with you because while you have abundance and access to all these things, God can still be first. You don't have to choose between God and things. <laughs> you can have abundance in your life, but God must be first. He must be a priority in your life. You must make him a priority. It's, it's good all these things. And I'm not saying my wife's a doctor. I'm not saying doctors is you know, bad and we don't need them. But it's important for you. Before, before I send my child to a doctor, I pray for him. And then he can go. It's fine. But I'm not going to consult a doctor before I consult God. In any situation. When I have a financial problem or I need a breakthrough... I'm going to consult God first. And then I'll ask people. Then I'll ask my father. Then I'll ask, but God is first in everything. You have to, you have to make, prioritize him and put him on top of the list. Like, Lord, I'm always going to ask, ask you first. I prayed about a certain situation in my life. And I got to, a, six months, I got to a problem where I really, there was no way out of it. And I prayed this morning. I said, Lord, I put this in front of you. I laid down at your feet. Father, I trust you. You alone can help me with this thing. And I walked out there, and my phone rang, and a friend of mine um, that knew about the situation said, listen, I heard you have this problem. Can I help you with it? I know someone is, and I said, yes, please. And when I put the phone down, God said to me, you don't trust me. And I said, I, I do. I just told you I put it at, I, I, I'm putting it down at your feet. And God said, you just asked me to help you. And then you asked someone else to help you. I said, Lord, but you know, this guy's got connections. You know, he knows people. <laughs> and then I realized, you know, there's some things that we really have to learn. If you say you're giving it to God, you really have to give it to Him. If you're going to ask other people or you're going to promote your problem, then don't, don't ask God. Just try to, to figure it out or work on your own. But when you, when you ask Him, when you put it at His feet and say, Lord, I'm, you, you're going to help me, then leave it there. I don't speak about There's some things that I, when I give it to God, I don't speak to it about people. God knows about it. He knows about those situations. Okay. I'm speaking about these things for a reason. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to your heart. There's people that's sitting here, and God wants you to take a step of faith. He wants you to put your trust in Him. Completely, fully leaning and trusting on Him in, this, in, some, in, a, in a situation in your life. Okay, so that's <coughs> the different flows of God's voice. Let's run through Ephesians chapter 4, 11. 
speak about the fivefold ministry. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that's the fivefold ministry. And we have a prophet in there. And in the book of 1, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 9, we read about the gifts. To one that is given through the spirit of a message of wisdom, to another message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguish between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to, uh, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So the difference between the gifting and the office. The difference between the two. The protocol or the filter or the boundaries for the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit or word of wisdom, word of knowledge and prophecy is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 to 3. That is the protocol. That is the boundaries that we prophesy in under the gifting. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So when you're flowing in the gift of prophecy, the boundaries or the filter or is it must always build, comfort, or encourage. Always. Always. Before I, I give, let me, ask, let me say this. Before you prophesy and give a word to someone, go stand in their shoes and think, how would you feel if you would prophesy that over yourself? Very important. Because there's things that people, that's people saying that's, that's ridiculous. I don't know where they get it and how do, you know. <laughs> let, me, let me say it in this way. God paid a very expensive price to send his son to die so that you can have access to eternal life and heaven. God is not going to allow some idiot prophet to prophesy you out of it. You have to understand that. He paid an expensive price. So now we have prophets that, that's prophesying death and prophesying sickness and disease and, and strange things. And every prophet that I have heard that prophesied something negative, the same thing came over them. The same thing happened to them. God says in his word that we will give an account for every word that we spoke. Don't be hasty to prophesy. Wait upon God. Be sensitive to speak and ask the Spirit to lead you. Now many times we, we speak too quickly. God's still busy speaking and, then, and, and we're not listening clearly. I, <laughs> one of the first prophecies that I received in my life um, I don't know, I was 16 or 7 years old, and uh, this lady called me to the front, and she prophesied over my life. I had this black silk shirt on. And she prophesied over my life, and she said that there's a storm that's over my life. There's a cloud that's upon me. 
with this shirt that I like and so on. And she left me and went home. And for months, every time when I get up in the morning, I would dress and I want to put on this shirt, my favorite shirt, but I would remember, oh, there's a storm on it, so I left it. Okay? Months later, one day I prayed and I said, Lord, please speak to me about the situation. And immediately I saw a vision of a storm. And I looked at the storm and it, it shifted and a sun came through. And the Lord said to me that there was a storm in your life at that moment, but I'm bringing sunshine and a breakthrough. Now, that lady never told me that. She just gave me the first part. She was not a false prophet, but she didn't get, she didn't get the entire message. She, God gave her something, and she responded, and she only gave me that part, but it did not build comfort or encourage me in any way. And therefore, it's important to ask God, to get beyond it and to find the solution. And I wanna, I'm going to do an exercise to try to, to help you, to show you something to get through it. I can see a demon in you, and I can prophesy life. I can see the most horrific thing in a person, and I can find life in it. I can give you hope. I can get apart. Because you don't need to hear about the demon about whatever is upon you. You don't know you're, you need a way out. You, you, need, you need someone that can recognize or can see something that can get you out of that situation. By telling you or by making it known to you that, you know, what's tormenting, what's upon your life won't change anything. Now, this is important for you to understand this regarding the gifting and the office. I want to give you an example. In the gifting... I use this example, we would have a couple in church. So there's a couple here tonight, and everyone in this church knows this couple. Right now, you know that they're going through, in their marriage, they're going through a challenge, and they are at a stage where they're getting divorced. Everyone in church knows. So the gifting flows, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, build comfort and courage. The gifting flows, and we have this couple here, and then someone stands up in the meeting and, and starts to prophesy over them, and says that God is with you, and God is strengthening you right now at this moment. He's protecting you and giving you the strength to go through the situation. Gifting. It builds, it comforts, and encourages. And the entire church says, wow, the prophet has been here this morning. It's amazing. The gifting. When the prophetic office comes into the place, and the prophet out of the office prophesies over the exact same couple. He prophesies and he says that God says that your marriage is at the best place that it can be. And the entire church thinks, wow, he's missing. <laughs> because they know them. But the purpose of the prophetic office is to release a word into that situation that will go into it and the word will not return void. It will go out and it will accomplish exactly that. Exactly that thing. That's the office. And I, want, I want to say this to you because many times in your life you will hear, you'll see prophets that will come through and they will say things and you won't understand it. I prophesied to a guy 
um, two years ago. And uh, I looked at him, and I saw a billionaire. And God says, I'm releasing billions over his life. So I walked towards him, and I said, God, there's, I see your hands, and I see millions, hundreds of millions. And God says, I said, billions. So I said, okay, billions, sorry. Because <laughs> I thought, I, still, I tried to figure it out. And I thought, you know, Lord, a billion is a lot. So, so I said, okay, now, God says, billions. There's billions that's coming to your life. This guy, it was strange, because at that same moment, my wife ministers with me prophetically. At that same moment, my wife is outside the church, and she's busy with our son, and, and, um, and she, uh, I just finished prophesying to him, and he is upset because of this word. He's really upset. So my wife comes into the meeting, and uh, um, I'm ministering in that, and she, she said, um, have you ministered to that guy? I said, yes. She said, I want, I've got something I want to share. I said, I said no, because he's upset now. So <laughs> I said, she said, I want to share something with you. I see billions upon his life. I said to her, no, please don't say that. He's already upset about it. So this guy was so upset about it. He was really upset. He phoned me afterwards. He's swearing over the phone. He, he left the church. He left the church where he was in about that word, because of that word. He left the church. He was upset at his pastor. Because at that moment in his life, he was busy losing everything. Everything. He's losing that beautiful big house in a, in a very well-known area in Pretoria. Bang, just took his house. He started to take his cars. His children is, on, is at university, and he can't pay it anymore. He's losing everything. And he keeps on phoning me week after week after week, and he's, he's upset. He says, you know, and now I, I don't want God's billions. I don't want millions. I just need to pay for food right now. I can't provide. I can't put food on the table. I'm, my, I'm losing my marriage. His wife is busy leaving him at that moment. Everything. I said to him, sir, several times. He would follow me. He's upset. And I would say to him, there's nothing that I can change. I can only say to you what, what God gave me. So he, often he says, please, prophesy again. Say, there's nothing. This is what God showed me. I can't change it. And he would explain to me how and why it can't be possible. And I said to him, I'm just the messenger. I've got nothing to do with it. This is what God gave me. Okay, two years later, where we're staying now, he's driving um, through that area and he phones me and he's, he says, um, where are you? I said, no, I'm uh, in, in the area where we're staying. He said, we're just passing through, me and my wife, and we would love to take you for dinner. I said, yes, that'd be, be great. And I said to him, but what happened? Because the last time you were swearing over the phone, you, uh, I said, what happened? He said, the entire word came to fulfillment. The entire word. So, what I'm saying to you, what I want you to understand is that many times there's a word that needs to be released. And um, God is looking for someone that would speak to the dry bones. God wants someone to say and speak to, to, uh, to death. You know, something happened here in this, in this city. And uh, maybe the lady would be here tomorrow night to speak about this situation. A year ago, I was here. And I prophesied over a lady, a couple, not in this church, someone in, in, this, in this town. I prophesied to a couple. I said to them a couple of things, and then I flew back to South Africa. And I phoned the pastor, and I said, listen, I just want to find, is everything well, is everything okay? He said, well, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is that 
the situation that you prophesied over their son, I said to them they, they're about to receive a phone call. And I told them what the phone call is about. As they left the meeting, the, the, the phone call came in and it happened exactly that way. I told them, you'll receive a phone call from your son that's in Orlando and you need to go right now. He's going to ask you for six months to come and stay with him. So they got, um, they got on the plane and they went there. Okay, I'm preaching for their son now, two Sundays from now in Orlando. I'm going to see his son. Because his entire life was changed by a prophetic word with his father. But anyway, he says that's the good news. But the bad news is you prophesied over a lady. And you told her to go for an operation. And she went for the operation and she's in a coma right now. She didn't wake up from the operation. I'm on my way to the hospital right now to sit with him, with the family. That's the bad news. You told him, you prophesied, and you told him she should go for the operation. She's in, in, in the operation, she went into a coma. I said to him over the phone, I said to him, why do you say it's bad news? Did God not tell you what would happen? Yeah. He took the prophecy, went to hospital, and they played the prophecy over the phone, standing in, here in the city, in this town, pray the prophetic word where, where God said that she'd go for that, ever, that operation, everything would be okay. Okay? She would be here tomorrow night. She would testify about it. She's not here right now. She told me she's come. She's not, maybe, maybe she's here. She can share the story herself. Not, okay. Tomorrow night she, she'll be here. So she's in a coma and um, she wrote and said that if the day would come where she would be in a coma. She doesn't want them to assassinate her. So the doctor comes and he says, there's nothing we can do. We have to, we have to end it. So they, they prayed. They played the prophetic word. And they started to remove the tubes. They removed the tube for the food. And they continued. And they removed the tube for the oxygen. And as they removed it, she breathed. She'll be here tomorrow night to testify about it. A word, a word that went out <laughs> and said it would be okay. It would work. A word. <laughs> it's the word. There might be times in your life where on a Sunday morning you would receive a prophetic word and on Monday all hell will break loose. It's the truth. And then people think, but, but why is it happening? Why am I going through this? What, why is the situation? Didn't God know about it? Yes, God knew about it, but He prepared you and He gave you a word so you could get through that situation. That's why He gave you that word. Okay. Amen. Are you ready? Let's do this. I want you to, we're going to do an exercise quickly, but I want you to respond quickly. I don't want you to think. When we prophesy over people, we don't say, I think, I feel, it might be, um, I hope, I try, I aim, I miss. We don't say that. Okay. When we prophesy, we say God says. God says. God says. That's it. We have confidence in God. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to prophesy and say a couple of things tonight as an exercise. But I want you to start your sentence with this. And I want you to say what God says. But I want you to interpret before you speak. Okay, if the way God speaks to you is through dreams, 
you don't ever give the dream to the person that you prophesied to. Because God gave you the dream. If your flow is pictures, you don't ever give the picture to the person. You prophesy over them. You give them the interpretation. I have tons of pictures on my phone that people are sending me that I have no clue what the meaning is of it. I have emails and emails and emails of dreams that people had about me, and I have no clue what it means. Because the best person that can interpret a dream or a picture is the one who received it. And interpretation is important. It's good to have booklets and, and things like that, but it's a way to start. Let me try to explain to you. If, if black, to me, black means life, personally. But to her, black means death. Okay? To me, life, or let's say, let's say white, means death. And to her, white means life. So now, God speaks to her about something that he's, to, he's about to touch in her life. So God shows her a, 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 a tree um, can be a season or growth or a period. Or, so God shows her a white tree because he's speaking to her about what he's doing in her life. So now she doesn't know what it means. So she comes to me and she says, would you please interpret this dream? And because white means death to me, I'm saying to her, well, you're dying. Because that's, that's my interpretation. And that's why it's important for the person who received it to interpret it. When I, when I train people to, when I, when I interpret dreams, then uh, people don't realize, but I, I use them to interpret their own dream. So they tell me the dream, and I said to them, okay, what does this color mean? They tell me, and I get their interpretation of everything, and then I interpret tell them exactly what it means. But, but you don't give the picture or the dream to the person. Are you with me? Okay. Pastor Chris, please come here. Let me use this chair. Okay. Come here, please. Are we still fine with time? Please, if you... Okay. You're not allowed to look back. Just look towards the people. Okay. I'm going to put up a picture. I'm going to put a picture up there. And the picture would represent his life right now. I prayed. I prayed over these things. I prayed over every picture. Um, I asked the Lord at this moment that, he, that the Holy Spirit would take all our thoughts and ideas away and God would speak to us. I prayed the, the afternoon about this. I prayed over every picture. I asked the Lord. I asked the Lord when I prayed today, Lord, who do you want me to place here? And the Lord showed me him with the pictures. Okay. So I prayed. Oh, this is not just a, uh, something I'm putting together. I prayed. So, it, so it's inspired by the Spirit. And what you're about to get is from God. It's not your thoughts or your ideas or anything like that. But I want to show you something, and I want you to, to start to look deeper and, and look beyond that. Um, you can sit with, with him, um, um, Margie. You can sit uh, with him. Let me take another chair. Let me take this one. Just go sit next to him. <laughs> I'll get it for you. Thank you so much. Thanks, sir. Okay. Because of time, I want you to respond quickly. Um, I don't want you to take 
to take too long and to think because when you when you're taking too long to try to what happens is um, when we ask the Lord to speak to us, He speaks to us immediately. It's instant, immediately there. But then our mind tries to process it. Our mind tries to figure it out, and our mind changes it into different things, which is not. And that's what we have to learn: is we have to respond in faith in what God is giving and showing us. Okay. So I want you to put up a, a picture for me there. Um, where is it now? Let me see. So you have the numbers there at the back. Where's who, at the back? There's someone there. Okay. You have the numbers. You have the numbers of the pictures. Yes, no? Okay. I want you to put up picture number one. Yeah, you can keep that up. Now, so I use this as an example. This is a flow now, uh, that some people have uh, when it comes to pictures, seeing. So specifically those people right now, is you're going to look at this picture, and I want you to, you're going to prophesy to him without telling him what the picture is. It's not about the picture. And you're not going to say to him, I see uh, this that does that. It's not about that. You're going to prophesy to him and say to him what God is showing you. Remember what I'm trying to explain to you, that when you see pictures, you never give the person the picture. You give them the interpretation. So I'm asking you, what does this picture mean to you? That's what I'm asking. Wow. Not, what is, not what do you think it means to God. Not what do you think it means to them. I'm asking you, what does this mean to you? And out of this, you're going to prophesy to them. And I want you to prophesy in one sentence. Not more than one sentence. Just one sentence. You're only allowed to prophesy one sentence. I want you to put everything in one thing. I want you to say that God says this. I don't want you to give them the information of the picture. You understand? You with me? Three people. First one. Put up your hand. Yes. Your armor is very strong. It is very bright. Your horse is very swift. You are going forward and you are seen from a distance alone, but you are not alone, and you are not low, you are high, and you are, you are always under the wings of the Almighty. Amen. That's what I want. Give him a hand, please. He didn't mention anything in the picture. You get that? He didn't tell him what, what the picture is about. But one mistake that he made tonight is he didn't say, God says... The power is not in your word. The power is in God's word. And we're not saying, we're not using our words. When we prophesy in God's word, then he backs it. It's not your words, God's word. There's no power in your words, nothing. But when you acknowledge God in it, heaven backs that up. It's his word that goes out. Okay. And you have to have boldness in that. Have boldness that God trusts you with his word. Okay, I'm doing this because I want, you, I, want, I want you to exercise tonight. Some of you, and that's it, that's what I want. I don't want you to start and prophesy and say, well, I felt and I thought and I sensed and I, uh, no. <laughs> it's someone's life. So I want you to take boldness and exactly, it was beautiful the way he, he touched on it. 
Um, but I'm looking for people tonight that don't prophesy often. Okay, two more, please. Yes. One sentence. God said there's a freedom coming in your life to move you forward beyond where you've been. Okay, a freedom to move you forward. One more, please. Wait, wait, is there an hand somewhere? I don't see. Yes. Can you come to the front, please? I'll meet you halfway. Okay. Exercise. Let's do it. I'm going to make it really difficult now. It's the beginning. God says that um, you're soaring high in the spirit and you're just starting a new season, even though it seems like you're ending a season. There's a new season beginning. Okay. Amen. Give the man, please. Okay. How many of you that's here tonight believe that you are called for the prophetic, but you've never prophesied? Quickly put up your hand. Okay, so sir, there, please stand. Stand, yeah. Who else? The lady, yes, there, please stand. Who else? How many of you this year you called, you feel that you called for the prophetic, but you've never prophesied? Okay, more. Put up your hands. I see your hand. I'm looking. Any more? Anyone else? Okay. He's <laughs> eating his wife. There's someone that I saw here. Are you, do you feel that you called for the prophetic? Okay, I see the prophetic upon your life. Can I use you for this? Yeah, yeah. Please come. The three of you, please come here. Just, I just want the three of them. You may, you may sit down for a ma'am, ma'am just for a moment. I'm going to use you later. You can just wait, ma'am. You can just sit down. Just for, I'm going to use you in the next exercise. Okay, all three. Yes, come. Please come here. Okay. We're going to put up the next picture. And as soon as we put up the next picture, I want you to prophesy. Okay. I don't want you to tell them what you see in the picture. I want you to look at the picture, and I want you to say, I want you to start, this is an exercise. I want you to say, God says, one word, one sentence that you see in the picture. Are you with me? Okay. You can put up the second picture. Okay. Are you ready? Let's start with you. God says there is love in your life. Thank you. God says there's strength and unity. Okay. God said... There's double. Everything you do is double. Okay. Amen. Thank you so much. Give them a hand. <laughs> okay. Now, now I want to ask you to be honest. You're in church. You're not allowed to lie. Okay. I want to ask you the things that people have been saying. Did it make any sense to you or not? 100, 100% what's being prophesied over us all the time. And uh, the woman over here said about there's something that's going to push us forward. He just had a dream about a wave taking him somewhere. So it was something else that was going to propel him forward. Amen. Give yourselves a hand, please. (laughs) Okay. So those of you that just shared something, um, prophecies is like um, uh, uh, water that starts to flow. Many times when you open that tap, you know, the water drips or it struggles to come out, that first word. But as you speak, suddenly it starts to flow more and constantly. So it's very important, and what I'm trying to do tonight is I'm just trying to start the flow. 
It's one word. It's one sentence. But it takes faith. And when you take that step of faith and you start to speak, suddenly it just starts to flow. It's not about how long the prophecy is. God can transform a person's life with one word. It doesn't even have to be a sentence. When it's from God, that's where the power is. It's not about how long or... Uh, I received a, I prophesied for half an hour. Well done. Doesn't mean anything. It's not about that. Did you say what God said? That's it. Did you, did you say what God said? And that's it. We have to be faithful and we should always only share what God shared. We have to have integrity with that. I never add anything to what God gives me and I don't ever take anything away. I say exactly what God gave me. That's it. I don't add to it. Many times people ask me, well, can't you just tell me something else or add this or that? No, I have to be faithful with God told, what God shared with me. Okay, now, I see something in the Spirit. So, <laughs> so I want to I do something because of what I'm seeing. So I want the guy with the glasses just to stand. Yes? You're going to prophesy? There's a, there's a lady that I saw. Um, uh, there was someone last year, who, um, who's here tonight that's in ministry? That's in ministry. You were here last night. There was, a, there was a lady here last night that is in ministry. She's not here tonight. Okay. I don't see her. Okay. One. Now, I want to ask, you can stand as well, two. And I'll just use the two of you. You can please come to the front. So again, we're going to take the third picture but as we go for the third picture, I want you to share with them what you see in the third picture. Okay. Are you ready? Are you with me? Okay. God says. God says. And then you share in the third picture what you, what you pick up. You can put up the third picture. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. God says that there's a legacy that you're leaving that is firm, that that's going to just go for generations, the legacy that you're leaving. All right, here we go. <laughs> God says that he's going to break you into a new beginning. There's life that is coming that you have not yet seen. You're soaring to new heights with new vision. Um, he's about to break you loose of what you thought that that was. Something new's coming. Deeper. 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 It's going to be deep. <laughs> deep. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so, there's many of you, while we're going through these pictures, there's something that you pick up. And I want to say to you, it's, it's, you're picking it up because it's the Spirit of the Lord that's starting to release something. And it's, there's a reason why you're picking it up. There's many things about this picture. And uh, there might be some of you that's sitting here. And when you start to look deeper and deeper and deeper in this picture, you'll pick up a lot of things that's beyond that. Okay. I want to speak to you briefly on looking deeper. And not just on the outward appearance, what you're seeing immediately, but finding the truth in a deeper thing. I want to put this picture up. And you can put um, picture number four up. 
The most important part in this picture is not the boat, but the lighthouse. It's not about the, the biggest, the, what you're seeing right That's not. Many people, when they prophesy, they will, they will look at the, you know, at, the, at the bigger picture, and they think the bigger picture is the boat or, uh, or the storm, but they don't realize that the important part in or the most important part in this picture is the small lighthouse at the back. Because that's the hope in this picture. And this is what I want to speak to you about, that many times you'll get dreams, and in a dream you'll see a storm. In a dream you see something bad that will happen. In a dream you see something negative. But I want you to start to look beyond that and try to find the lighthouse, to find the hope, to look through that and beyond that and try to find, because... Yes, this might be that this is not their lives. You done. Thank you. You can come and sit. Thank you so much. Give them a hand. So. Huh? No. <laughs> I don't want them to see. It's not about. Uh, I'm trying to explain to you because um, people get these pictures or dreams and they, then they send it to other people. There's, they say, you know, I've seen this, this picture of you about this boat, and, and, <laughs> and uh, they don't realize that the reason why God showed them. Let me try to explain this. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, not one dream was from Satan. Every dream was from God. <laughs> why do you think the enemy or Satan is giving us dreams now? If from Genesis to Revelation, he didn't give dreams. We have to learn to interpret. We have to learn to look beyond that. We have to find the lighthouse. We have to find the hope. So you'll see a person, and this is what you'll see over their lives. And the, the, when people are hasty, they prophesy and they say, you know, I see you going through a storm right now and rough seas and you're going through fear and... But they don't tell them that, listen, God is refocusing you. And God is busy putting up beacons in your life to move you into the right direction to where you need to go. They don't tell them that. They don't give them hope. It's the same thing. Wording is very important. Wording is very important. The way you word it, the way you say it. It can mean life or death. Okay. Last picture, and we're ending with that. Um, I'm looking for a guinea Pig or just a pig, someone we can use. <laughs> I'm looking for someone that we, uh, that we can. I don't want to use you, no. I'll pray with you, no. Uh, <laughs> yes, at right the back. Yes, can we use you? Please come to the front. Who's next to you? Is that your wife? A friend of yours. Please come to the front. Okay, I want to put a picture up here. I looked for something worse, but I don't want to go too evil, so I'm going to put a picture up here, and this picture can be life or death, but I'm, I want to put it up because I want you to find life, but I want you to find it. Can you, sit? you can sit on the chair. Last picture for time's sake, and I want to minister to a couple of you as well, so you can put up, just look to the front, you can put up picture number seven.
it can mean life or death. But I want you to find life in it. Because there's a lot of negative things in it. There's a lot of negative associations or things with it. Now, you need to understand that this picture right now is representing his life. It's what he's going through. It's his season. It's his circumstance right now at this moment. Is that picture. But he needs a word of hope to get him out of this. And if you're just going to share the picture with him, it won't help him. You have to speak life over the situation. You have to find something in there that you can share with him that will get him through it. Okay. So, who's got something? Yes. God says, please. Bob, the Lord would say that you might feel like you're in the basement. You're in a dark place. And uh, there's cobwebs over your head. And it's not a seeable area. But the Lord would say, no. Really, those are connections, and it's a network. It's like a fishnet. And through you, I'm going to gather together a whole bunch of of fish, the fish that are in your neighborhood, the people that you know, the people that you live with. You might feel that they're down and out, and they're low, and they're cast outs, and they live in basements, but it's you, Bob, that brings a light to their life. It's you, Bob, that brings a light into their um, surroundings and where they live. So be my soldier, be my flashlight in this area and love those that you're continuing to love and bring them into the kingdom. Amen. Give him a hand. <laughs> okay, anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, please stand there at the back. Come, please. Come. The Lord sees the the love that you have that goes out to the people around you. He sees that love and he sees all the good work that you've done. And it's made a, it just has spread out from you. And the Lord's going to use that more and more and bring it out amongst people that you don't even know that you have have influenced. And they are just going to blossom with your gentle touch and your love. Okay. Amen. Thank you so much. God says that um, there's a dusk. You're going into the dawn. The dawn is bringing a new horizon. The horizon is, brings all new things. It brings a new sight, a new uh, way of looking at something. And it just brings... Uh, whole new meaning. Amen. Beautiful. Perfect. Amen. Thank you so much, Steve. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's stop here with the pictures and that. You can take that off. Thank you. Okay. Did you learn something tonight? Awesome. Okay. Look for life. Look for life. Look for life. It doesn't matter what you hear. It doesn't matter how you have to learn to interpret and find way out of it. Look for life. And if you pray about it, you know, if you see the storm or you see the challenge and you pray about it, God will give you the answer. He'll show you exactly how to get out of that situation. Okay. Amen.